on the field, and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Dominic Catronio. Hey, that's four in a row. That's a winning streak. Look at that in the blink of an eye. The Brew Crew are making you believe again, right? What a win. 10-2 to the victory tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for tuning in to Brewers Extra Innings. We'll take it for about an hour tonight to the top of the hour. We'll hear from Craig Council. We'll have some highlights. We'll hear from you as well. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can text us. You can call us. Participate in the show. Do you think they can pull this off? Four wins in a row? Ten to go now? There's something crazy happening. It, 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 if you don't want to... You know, give credit. Oh, it's the Reds. Uh, it's it's the Reds doing what they're supposed to. Look, if they if they were one and two right now, or two and one, if they had lost a game at this point, you'd be thinking it's over. Season's over. So doing what they're supposed to do is all they can do. Controlling what they can control. We talked about it a lot yesterday. Just winning games. That's all you can do at this point. Corbin Burns, shaky start. Locked it in the rest of the game. The offense, slow start. Hunter Renfro showed up. And right now, we're going to talk about this offensive performance. We're going to talk about this great win. Almost everybody contributed again in this one. As Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, joining us here on the show. All right, Vinny. Hunter Renfro, four hits. Of course, the one uh, time he gets retired is with Alejo Lopez, a position player pitching on the mound. How much razzing is he getting in the dugout right now for his one out being against a position player? Well, I mean, Aleo Lopez was throwing some nasty 60-mile-an-hour EFIS pitches, so you can understand when a hitter is locked in <laughs> as uh, Renfro was tonight, I mean, it's probably pretty easy to get out against some of those pitches that Aleo Lopez was just s- serving in there at 60 miles an hour. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Hunter Renfro, all, I mean, really all they needed on offense tonight, just an exceptional job of making some adjustments. He was really struggling coming into the game, um, especially in September, the whole month, he's pretty much struggling. So he did a great job of making a, an adjustment. I thought that first at bat was kind of what got him back on track where he shot that base hit the other way on a 99 mile hour cutter from Ashcraft. And then he and then he went uh, deep on a on a slider to the pull side. That's what he's been doing when he's been when he's been good. He's been doing that, shooting fastballs the other way and pulling the off speed pitches. So great job by him tonight. When you see Corbin Burns struggle in the first inning, the walks we've seen him be inconsistent this season, uh, especially since the second half. But it's a good reminder, hey, the game is nine innings, not one inning. What did you see click into gear for Corbin Burns to pitch into the seventh inning over 100 pitches? He had three walks. Two of them were in that first inning. He got into a roll in the middle of this game. What was clicking for him? So in the first inning, I think was it was a kind of a culmination of some of the problems that Corbin Burns has had when he has struggled in starts. It's because he tries to be a little bit too fine. He tries to get guys to chase outside the zone with his nasty cutter instead of really kind of more thinking pitch to contact. And that's when your cutter is actually a little bit better and you command it better instead of trying to get swing and miss all the time and get chase all the time. Look, the, the book is out on Corbin Burns. The stuff is still really elite. So the book can be out as much as you want. They can read the book all you want. You can read it cover to cover. It's still going to be the nasty elite stuff. But they, the league has kind of figured out how to combat 
Corbin Burns. It's, it's look out over the plate and anything to the edges, let run off. He's got to get back onto the plate a little bit more, think more weak contact, and that's when you're going to get the chase again. That's what I saw from him in the middle of the game. He was pitching a little bit more to contact. His stuff was a little bit crisper in the zone, and he was getting weak contact and, again, getting the Reds to be a little bit more aggressive, and that's when you can expand. So I think he, I think he was putting the cart before the horse a little bit and, ch- and almost chasing chase, so to speak, chasing strikeouts, so to speak, instead of really just pitching and pitching to contact. I mean, he had eight ground ball outs tonight, too, in addition to the eight strikeouts, earning his 11th win of the season. The thing with the Brewers right now, the trouble that they're going to face, though, is how do they fill the games that aren't started by Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns? And now tomorrow, Freddie Peralta is due to return, but it's a guy that's been dealing with shoulder issues the entire second half. His velo was way down the last time we saw him. There's probably not going to be any length out of him tomorrow, too. Tomorrow is an important day because, yes, you've won four games in a row, but now you're going to need every single arm in that bullpen for Freddie Peralta in support of him trying to get the four-game sweep. Yeah, and you got to remember there's a day off Monday, so you can go ahead and empty the tank and empty the clip on the bullpen. Um, but you're right. You're not going to get much length out of Freddie Peralta, and rightfully so. It's almost going to be like an opener-type situation from him where you're hoping to get probably two is my guess. And they'll probably be watching that pitch count really closely. They'll also be watching the velocity really closely, right? That's That was the indicator that got – the Brewers to take him out of that last game and put him on the IL because that velocity dipped all the way down to 86 miles an hour, not where you see Freddie Peralta usually. So they're going to watch that closely. And then my guess, and this is a total guess, a total speculation, but Aaron Ashby's on full rest at this point from his last start. My guess is that he'll come and piggyback in after him. I haven't heard anything on that, but that would be a good piggyback situation to pair him with uh, Freddie Peralta. And then from there, you're just going to kind of have to empty empty the bullpen and, and try and get as many outs as you can and finish the game. The other thing that's going to trouble the Brewers and have to kind of lose some sleep about tonight, they need to make some room for him on the roster. The roster is full of 26. You need to option a pitcher down to the minor leagues. And we saw uh, Jake Cousins get optioned the other day to make room for Eric Lauer to be activated. Uh, I, I mean, candidates to be optioned are, are really frustrating because it's a somebody that's provided some big innings for you. It's a Peter Strzelecki. It's a Luis Perdomo. There's, I'd be absolutely flabbergasted if they decided to release Taylor Rogers. but it's going to be a tough day tomorrow in spite of, like, hey, Freddie Peralta's back, but oh, you do have to lose a piece out of the bullpen because you can't have uh, more than 14 pitchers in the bullpen. Who do, who do you think that, that candidate's going to be? I think we have to brace ourselves. And again, total speculation. I think we have to just have this idea in the back of our mind, not to be too surprised, but it could be Taylor Rogers. Perdomo gave you too much value in, in 38 pitches. I'm sorry, 27 pitches yesterday. And he threw three and a third and he got a ton of ground ball outs. Taylor Rogers has been a little bit shaky with that command. He doesn't look confident out there on the mound. Um, it could be him. It certainly could. I, I don't want to speak for the Brewers. I have no idea actually who it is going to be. But Perdomo's out of options, is he not, Dom? I mean, this I, was I think his last he, option year, so he still he does got have options. Next okay. year, though, coming out of spring training, he would have to be placed in the big league roster. Okay, okay. So he's going to have to be up all year next year. So that would be my concern with with getting him off 
and optioning him down if you had to DFA him because he's going to be part of their, he's going to be a big part of their plans next year is my guess. So um, it could be, it could be Perdomo and it could be Taylor Rogers. I don't think it's going to be Strzelecki. He's been, he's had such a rubber arm. He can give council so many innings back to back. He can throw two out of three. He can, he can throw three in a row, three out of four. I mean, He's been taking the ball brilliantly all year long since he's been up. So my guess, and it's, again, a total guess, is going to be either Rodgers or Perdomo. All right, we got more to come with Vinny Retino and more on Brewers Extra Innings. After the break, don't go anywhere. You're on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Telez at second, 3-2 pitch. Hit high in the air, deep left field. Watch this baby fly. Way, way out of here. Second deck. Home run, Hunter Renfro. And the Brewers jump in front in the fourth with one big swing of Renfro's bat. Two to one the score. Hunter goes deep for the 26th time this season. Josh Maurer on the call. Big night for Hunter Renfro and a 10-2 victory for the Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio. Vinny Rettino is still on the line with us. Former Brewer, Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. And... Vinny, when you see a guy take off like that for Hunter Renfro, we talked about him in the first segment, and we've talked about hitting being contagious. I think we saw another case of that kind of bleeding over from last night where all nine starters had a hit last night. You see Hunter Renfro going off. Raddy Telez had a home run. Yes, it was off a position player, but hey, it counts in arbitration. Willie had a double. <laughs> Everybody had a, a hit except for Yelich, but he still reached base with a walk. Another example of contagious offense. It's, it's, it's a good feeling right now. It is a good feeling. Their backs are up against the wall. I've said this a lot, and they're playing with a sense of urgency. And all of a sudden, you see them having better quality at bats because why? Why does that happen? Is because everyone wants to win. Like, what? What do I have to do to help this team win? And it, it what? And you end up swinging at better pitches. You end up um, just taking better swings, more under control swings. You end up using the opposite field. You end up using an approach that works for you and, and and not getting out of your own approach that works. And we saw that from Renfro with going the opposite way in that first at bat. We saw Colton Wong hit three home runs in that first game. So it's really been a different guy every night. We saw Andrew McCutcheon with the big RBIs last night to help the Brewers win that game. So it's really been someone else stepping up almost every single game. And so going to need someone to step up tomorrow, right? Because Nick Lodolo does look good. He's a guy that's been a thorn in the Brewers' side. So um, we'll see who can step up tomorrow. When you look at tomorrow's starter, Nick Lodolo, he's already shoved against the Brewers this year, and he's left-handed. What adjustments do the Brewers need to make to be successful against the young left-hander? Honestly, I think what they need to do is try to get him into some deep pitch counts and just try and – I'm not saying try and get him out of the game as if you can't score against them, but just really focus on quality at-bats. I mean, you know, this kid – um, just does a really good job of limiting hard contact. He's got that really electric fastball, 95, from that kind of deceptive arm angle, that low and wide release point. Um, you know, he's given up the 12 home runs this year in, 12, in 17 starts, so that's not that many. He limits the damage, uh, and then he's got that really good curveball. So if that curveball is on, they're in for a longer day. So at that point, you got to battle and try and get his – his pitch count up. If his curveball is off, then you can sit on the fastball and see if you can, you know, drive some balls into the gaps and maybe get one out of the yard. But uh, that's what they have to do to beat him. 
Deep counts and make them work. I love it. Vinny Rettino yep. with all the analysis. Before we let you go, uh, we were off the air yesterday, and Albert Pujols hit number 700. Do you have any thoughts about the reaction to the record? Thank goodness it didn't happen in Milwaukee, but uh, I think it's a really cool moment for baseball. I was watching it, and uh, 700 home runs. We may not ever see it again. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a really cool moment for baseball. You saw Dave Roberts kind of cheering him on when he did hit it in the opposing dugout. He's a fan of the game. Uh, he, he understands that Albert Peralta helped helped out the Dodgers last year. And so um, I thought that was a, a really cool moment as well. Yeah, I mean, four players in all, of all time have ever hit 700 home runs. And like you said, Don, I don't know if we'll, we'll see another one in our lifetime. Um, so hat tip to, to Albert Peralta. What a great career. All right, one last road game tomorrow, one last flight in the regular season. We're speaking it into existence, right? Hopefully one more flight coming up to uh, send to a postseason destination as well. But that's Vinny Rettino joining us on the show. Thanks for your time, Vinny. Of course, anytime. All right, Vinny Rettino on the show. More to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Runner goes on the pitch, ground ball towards third, a fair ball. It gets under the glove of the diving third baseman, Steer. Hits the sidewall in left, but Yelich, who was in motion, is going to score all the way from first. And Adamas gets into second standing. He's got his first hit of the night. It's an RBI double. The Brewers lead it 7-1 here in the seventh. They poured it on in the middle of the game and never looked back a 10-2 victory for the Brewers in Cincinnati. They've won four games in a row. They go for the four-game sweep and making it a five-game winning streak tomorrow. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line if you want to participate in the show. Doug's trying to rein in the horses a little bit. Not too excited yet. They are the Reds after all. I opened up the show saying, look, I'm still going to be excited about wins. Doesn't care who's on the other side. You're doing what you're supposed to do. They don't bring back memories of the big red machine. That's certainly the truth, Doug. But this is getting very interesting now. The game tomorrow is huge. Keep the winning streak and momentum going and beat a good pitcher. They could very easily be only a half game back. In that regard, earlier today... Philadelphia lost to Atlanta. Kyle Wright became uh, the first to win 20 games uh, this season in baseball for Atlanta. And right now, taking a peek on Coors Field, San Diego has opened up a 5-2 lead on Colorado now. They've added two more runs in the seventh inning. So if that result holds, it will flip again for San Diego to move into the second playoff spot and then Philadelphia to fall into the third playoff spot with Milwaukee technically chasing Philadelphia. As things stand, it would be a game and a half back of Philadelphia if San Diego holds on to win. But that also means, once again, everything gets squished a little bit more. Two through four will be only separated by four games. And yes, the tiebreaker matters. The Brewers do not own the tiebreaker on either Philadelphia or San Diego. There is no game 163. But the way that that matters, though, is that everything getting squished, if it becomes a situation where... You're only a half game up because the Brewers only have one more off day on Monday coming up. As for San Diego, I believe they only have one more off day remaining, too. I'm going to double-check that here as we talk right now, but you're going to not see that half game matter anymore. There are no more off days remaining for 
the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. I know that for a fact. As for San Diego, double-checking their scores here, and they have one more off day also on Monday. So that's it. Then everything else, down to the bone, down to the wire. There will be no more half games, barring from a rainout, of course. The Brewers are in this. I, I truly believe they are in this. If they go... 9-1 and one over these final 10 games and pull off an epic finish, it still may not be enough. But here you are. This is it. 10 games ago. Yes, the season has not gone according to plan. The season has not gone like you wanted it to go. But nonetheless, you still have an opportunity to shock the world and do something impressive. What do you think? 855 616 Again, 855 616 one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We got more to come. Craig Council coming up in just a little bit, as well as highlights here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. The pitch. Renfro, a high fly ball to left. Back on it is Fairchild at the track at the wall. Bye-bye baseball. Renfro goes deep for the second time tonight, and the Brewers lead it six to one. Wayne Grindle on the call. It was the 17th career multi-homer game for Hunter Renfro, the man of the hour tonight. 10-2 victory for the Brew Crew. 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage call and text line if you want to participate in the show tonight. I mean, look, there's 10 games to go. You've got to figure out a way to go 9-1 and one because the Brewers are now on a four-game winning streak. If you add that all up, over these final 14 games, they can find a way to be 13-1. and one? That's getting it done down the stretch. That's Craig Timber. You don't realize you're in it in the middle of it. But the Cardinals are lurking on Tuesday and Wednesday. They have a chance to clinch the Central here in Milwaukee, which will be never fun to watch them celebrate. The Brewers will do their best to try to delay that as best they could. The good news is they're, they are getting some help in regards to trying to delay it in that the Dodgers are beating up on St. Louis tonight, it's uh, currently six to nothing in the bottom of the fourth inning. So at night's end, the Brewers will likely be just six and a half games back of St. Louis, which means in this final week of the season, if the Brewers win again tomorrow, they would need to win both games uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Cardinals to avoid them celebrating in Milwaukee for the Central title. Kind of like how the Cardinals delayed the Brewers celebrating when they went on that 16-17 game. I don't even remember how many games it was last season. The ridiculous winning streak when the Brewers thought they were going to clinch it while the Cardinals were in town didn't get the chance. Now the Brewers have a chance to try to return the favor coming up here this week uh, back in Milwaukee. I do want to make another note. I briefly talked about it with Vinny Rotino about the roster crunch the Brewers have in front of them tomorrow. Freddie Peralta is expected to start. He'll be activated off the injured list for tomorrow's game. The reason why there's a roster crunch, yes, you're allowed to have 28 players on the roster, but you're only allowed to have 14 pitchers. And Freddie Peralta will be the fifth starting pitcher uh, for the Brew Crew. You look at their bullpen. Their bullpen, as of now, today, had 10 men in it, which means you can't keep 10 men when Freddie Peralta returns. It's going to have to go down to nine, which means there's going to be somebody as an odd man out, you can't have more than 14 pitchers. You can't say, oh, just option, you know, say uh, maybe uh, put a phantom IL on a Keston Hero or a Jace Peterson. You can't do that. You cannot have more than 14 pitchers on your roster. So the Brewers have to figure out 
who is going to be the guy taking off the active roster in order to be able to activate Freddy Peralta. Talked about it briefly. Does Luis Perdomo get a hang with him after throwing 27 pitches on Friday night to get the win? He hadn't pitched in five days. He's probably going to be available tomorrow, given it's all hands on deck with an off day coming on Monday, and then it's all hands on deck down the stretch for the final week and a half or so. Do you option Peter Strzelecki because he is just a rookie? He's got option years remaining. Do you option uh, or do you completely release Taylor Rogers because he's got enough service time to decline an option? He doesn't even doesn't even allow to technically be optioned. He would be DFA'd and completely cleared off the roster. It's a hard decision looming because for Rogers, he's a free agent to be anyway. And yes, he was part of the Josh Hader deal. And quite frankly. He's probably not going to pitch in high leverage down the stretch here. There's enough equity built up with the other guys, with the Trevor Gott returning, with Hobie Milner being great all season. Brad Boxberger has also been shaky, but they've been moving him more to a fifth or sixth inning role as opposed to a seventh or eighth inning role, which means Gott could potentially have the seventh. Bush would have the eighth before setting up Williams for the ninth inning. Where does Taylor Rogers fit in that with Brent Suter pitching better as of late, with Hobie Milner doing what he's been doing all season long, Aaron Ashby suddenly being a swingman right now for the Brew Crew? They have a hard decision looming. And if Taylor Rogers is the man tomorrow morning that you see is DFA'd, I mean, I don't know if you'll be shocked. It will sting in the Josh Hader deal because that means the only players remaining in the organization from the deal will end up being the minor league players that were acquired in that deal, Robert Gasser and Este Uri Ruiz. Obviously, Danielson Lamette was uh, DFA'd in the three days after he was acquired, and now Taylor Rogers not even finishing the season before he becomes a free agent. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I still could see them optioning Peter Strzelecki for the sake of, look, he's a rookie He's got three option years remaining. He's already been optioned this season, so he'll be you know, maybe a big part of the bullpen next season. But keep him down for five days. Have him pitch in Nashville's playoffs, by the way. Nashville gets to keep on playing. They made the postseason for the AAA. Their regular season ends tomorrow. So it's not like he's just going to sit there and wait. You just have to spend five days in the minor leagues before you can be replaced back in the big leagues unless you're replacing somebody with an injury. So... That's the little roster crunch the Brewers are facing ahead of tomorrow. Another thing of news that came out earlier today that I was kind of surprised by, and it matters to the Brewers kind of in a parallel path, is that Luis Castillo, former Red, now Seattle Mariner, he was traded this past deadline, agreed on an extension with the Seattle Mariners. Five years, $108 million. That's $22 million a year. There are some other uh, caveats to the deal. Like there is a sixth-year vesting option, which means after X number of innings or X number of requirement in that last year can make it into a $133 million deal over the life of six years, which would make the last year of that deal worth $25 million for Luis Castillo. There's also a clause in the contract that if from 2025 to 2027, he undergoes Tommy John surgery and he's out for at least 130 days, the Mariners can get another option on the end of his contract for the 2028 season. So the next four years, the Mariners' rotation's locked up. Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, Kirby. The Brewers, their rotation is locked up in regards to Peralta and Ashby, but the elephant in the room is looming with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. They're about to enter their second year of arbitration this offseason. Then, two more years... 
You'll be uh, your third year of arbitration next season, and then you'll be a free agent after that. Did the Brewers go ahead and extend Brandon Woodruff this offseason to know what they're going to pay him for the next six, seven years? It's going to start at that asking price from Luis Castillo. They're the same age. Castillo's thrown more innings because he was a starter earlier in his career than Woodruff was. Castillo gets more strikeouts. Woodruff has the same ERA. Woodruff's been an opening day starter for the Brewers. He's, you know, a fan favorite. Corbin Burns is obviously an all-star and a uh, Cy Young Award winner as well. He's younger, which means the price could be higher. These uh, numbers are being crunched right now in the Brewers front office if they're going to keep one, both, or none of these guys. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, not just for who are the Brewers going to add. It's going to be about who are the Brewers going to sign and keep and lock up and say, hey, as David Stearns called it, take as many bites out of the apple. Well, extending one of these guys would certainly help you take more bites out of the apple. It's just my two cents. But I think it's going to start somewhere in the bidding of what Luis Castillo got for a Brandon Woodruff. It's probably going to be more, quite frankly, given to what he means to this team. But that's just a conversation for another day this upcoming offseason. I wanted to make sure we got that headline in there as well. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Suter climbs back on, wasting no time. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Reynolds. And this ball game is over. The Brewers have won four in a row, and they've taken the first three games of this four-game series here in Cincinnati. The final out from this one tonight, 10-2 victory for the Brew Crew. I'm Dominic Catronio. They go for the sweep tomorrow and try to match their season-long five-game winning streak tomorrow. It'll be Nick Lodolo for the Reds against Freddie Peralta returning off the injured list for the Brewers. The man of the hour, it was Hunter Renfro. Four for five, two homers, five runs batted in. It was his second four-hit game of the season. You've heard enough from me talking about him. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, about the great day from Renfro and everything else that happened in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hunter, Hunter Renfro had a great game, a uh, huge game, and, um, you know, Mashcraft, you know, that's, that's good stuff, and, you know, we, we put together some hits, and then, uh, you know, I thought we just kind of, like, he made a mistake to Hunter the first time around, and um, and then we just, you know, I could, as he got into the game, our bats got better. And that fourth inning to string together so many two-out hits, yeah. that was really big, too, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was there was two outs after the home run. There was two outs, nobody on, um, and we put together a really nice rally um, to uh, you know to add on two more runs. So that was that was certainly a big moment. How, how big would that be if this is maybe the start of another one of Hunter's hot streaks? I think, like I said, I think we're going to have to take turns offensively doing it. Um, and you know, it, I think any home run hitter it comes in bunches a little bit. Um, but you know, Hunter had, you know, he was the he was a huge part of the offense tonight and had a, had a really really big night. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna take guys different guys every night, and we know that, and that's what we've been getting. How encouraging was it to see Corbin Carp have such a quality outing after kind of a difficult long? Yeah, I mean, you know, he get he. It was two quick outs in the first, and then they, you know, I thought they put together some good at bats against him, really. Um, but then he, 
you know, he was. I know he was upset. He gave up that run in the first, uh, but locked it in and and was really efficient for the next five innings, really. Um, and then, um, you know, we we got him a big lead, and um, Gott came in and, and got him out of some trouble, but uh, got us into the seventh, um, which is uh, what what Corbin does. He does it regularly, um, and that was really important. Some of that early contact really encouraging to see because you know sometimes they can drive up. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure. I think you know when he was when he's sitting at thirty pitches after the first inning. Um, I, I, you know you're looking at five innings. You're staring at five innings possibly. So uh, for him to get to the seventh, you know after that first inning and um, him to be in the strike zone early and early in counts uh, and have them put him play helped us out a bunch. Do you think that uh, that kind of long top of the seventh inning maybe affected Corbin a little bit going out there in the bottom? Or I, I don't. I'm not. I don't know the answers to those. Okay. Yeah. Just how good does it feel to be in a position here now to uh, you know go for a potential four game sweep tomorrow here? It's not something that you guys. Yeah, I mean we're doing our, we're doing what we can do. Um, we're facing a tough pitcher tomorrow, but uh, we've put ourselves in a position to have. Um, you know, it, it's a good series. Uh, we put put ourselves in a position to have a great series, and um, you know, create some momentum going back home for for the, obviously a huge homestand. Huge homestand coming up, but hey, can't get ahead of yourself. Nick Lodolo will be a tall task, literally and figuratively, coming up tomorrow. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. I'm not ready to call it in yet, man. Look. They've got an opportunity with 10 games to go. It's not what you expected at the start of the year. A lot has transpired from now and then, but you're going to watch this team grow up in these next 10 games. We're going to listen to the highlights coming up next in the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. 10 to 2, that doesn't nearly tell the story of how this game started for the Brewers of the victory over the Reds. However, top of the inning, top of the first, Graham Ashcraft, another top prospect, pumping 100 mile an hour cutters against the Brewers. They go down 1, 2, 3 in the top of the first, but then. Corbin Burns, you're thinking, okay, he strikes out the first two guys. You're a-okay, a two-out walk, then a single, okay, you're fine. Then a base hit to right field. Like, wait a minute now. It's already one nothing, and Corbin Burns has thrown 31 pitches. How did that happen? The Brewers grounded in a double plays in both the second and third inning, and you're starting to panic. Wait a minute. Corbin Burns is supposed to be dominating. Where's the offense? What's happening? Don't worry. Things got going in the fourth inning. First man was retired, Willie Adamas, ironically enough. Rowdy Telez managed a single through the shift on the right side. Hunter Renfro worked the count full from 0-2 to 3-2 and made Ashcraft pay. Telez at second, 3-2 pitch hit. High in the air, deep left field. Watch this baby fly! Way, way out of here, second deck. Home run, Hunter Renfro. And the Brewers jump in front in the fourth with one big swing of Renfro's bat. Two to one the score. Hunter goes deep for the 26th time this season. 
Josh Maurer on the call. A no-doubter in this full definition of the word. The Brewers would add a two-out rally later in the inning. RBI singles from Omar Narvaez and Tyrone Taylor to make it 4-1 Brewers. In the meantime, Corbin Burns was dominating. At one point, he retired 10 batters in a row. He faced the minimum from innings two through six. He was on fire. The Brewers rewarded him with a few more runs in the fifth inning. And wait a minute, it's Hunter Renfro at the plate again. The pitch, Renfro, a high fly ball to left. Back on it is Fairchild at the track, at the wall. Bye-bye baseball! Renfro goes deep for the second time tonight, and the Brewers lead it 6-1. to one. That was the opposite of a no-doubter. That one was climbing and climbing and climbing, and the wind helped push it out of the ballpark. Brewers added some more runs in the seventh inning. Great some base, great base running by Christian Yelich with Willie Adamas at the plate. Runner goes on the pitch, ground ball towards third, a fair ball. It gets under the glove of the diving third baseman, Steer. Hits the side wall in left, but Yelich, who was in motion, is going to score all the way from first. And Adamas gets into second standing. He's got his first hit of the night. It's an RBI double. The Brewers lead it 7-1 here in the seventh. With that double, it's the second straight night. Every single Brewer in the starting lineup reaches base for Milwaukee. Then later in the frame, Luis Urias added an RBI single at the plate. 1-0 pitch. Line drive right field. Urias has a base hit. Rounding third is Renfro. It's bobbled by Aquino as he tried to pick it up. In his haste to make a throw, it falls back to the grass. And so Renfro scores uncontested on an RBI single. Just for good measure with a position player pitching on the mound, Rowdy Telez would crank a home run, his 32nd of the season. In the bottom of the ninth, Brent Suter had the job to finish for the Brewers' fourth straight victory. Suter climbs back on, wasting no time. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Reynolds. And this ball game is over. The Brewers have won four in a row, and they've taken the first three games of this four-game series here in Cincinnati. Hunter Renfro, the story tonight, his 17th career multi-homer game. He rings the bell for number 26 and number 27 on the season. And don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. Burns, the winner, he's 11-8. and eight. Ashcraft, Ashcraft, the loser, he is 5-4. and four. Brewers, 10 runs on 13 hits. Reds, 2 runs on just 4 hits. We'll wrap up the show next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers have won four in a row. Job's not finished, though. Ten games remaining this season. They're still on the outside looking in. San Diego's has opened things up out in Colorado. They're leading 9-2 now. So assuming that game will go final shortly, here's how the wild card will shake out at the end of the night. San Diego will move back ahead of Philadelphia for the second wild card spot. Philadelphia will be in the third spot. They'll be only separated by a half game. San Diego at 84 and 68. Philadelphia at 83 and 68. And then the Brewers at 82 and 70. The Brewers will be a game and a half back of a playoff spot at night's end, which means they're essentially two and a half games back. That half game will disappear 
after Monday because that's the last off day for both the Padres and the Brewers. The Phillies do not have an off day remaining this season. Keep that in mind as you're looking at this half game. And again, the Brewers do not own the tiebreaker on either one. Game and a half to go. It's going to be over in the blink of an eye. Tomorrow, coverage begins at 12.05 right here on the home of the Brewers with the On Deck Show. Nick Lodolo, Freddie Peralta should be a fun pitching matchup for a 12.40 first pitch. The last one against the Reds in the last road game of the regular season for the Brewers. Then they come back home for two with the Cardinals on Tuesday and Wednesday. Four with the Marlins uh, on Thursday through Sunday. And then three more with the Diamondbacks to finish up the regular season Monday through Wednesday of the following week. And then they will await their fate, see if they've done enough over these final 10 games to get themselves into the playoff picture. It's going to be a long uphill road, but they've got a shot to do it. The crazier things have happened in baseball. Uh, I'm ready. I'm excited. Go for a five-game winning streak tomorrow. It will be the Brewers' first five-game winning streak since April. April, it has been that long for the Brewers to be on a run like they're on right now. This is their first four-game winning streak since July. So things are looking up right now. The team is playing good baseball, and that's all you can ask. They are clinched above 500 record. They're 82-70. and 70. Coverage again beginning tomorrow at 12.05. Big one, even though it's the Reds, you cannot take any opponent for granted. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. A lot of fun. Tomorrow we're going to have a long post-game show leading you up to Green Bay game day. For Justin Pottinger in our studio, I'm Dominic Catronio. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll hear from you tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging.